Hello and welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. My name is Adam Tarno, and today we're doing something special. We are giving away a free chapter from the book that was recently published by me and David Morrison called The Edge, How to Stand Out by Showing Your All In. And so today you're going to get an opportunity to hear for free chapter five on resourcefulness. This is in the diligence section. It's a chapter about how to become more resourceful, how to become a better problem solver, and how if you can do that, that will help you stand out by showing your all in. This is read by David Morrison, and uh, no strings attached here. No strings attached. We just want to give away this free gift. Now, of course, if you like it, you can head on out to Amazon. You can buy a copy. But other than that, we hope you just enjoy this free chapter, chapter five, resourcefulness from the edge, how to stand out by showing your all in. Chapter five, resourcefulness. Remember, this part is about diligence. Careful and persistent effort gives you an edge. Diligence is broken down into three components. Competence, which is chapter four, resourcefulness, this chapter, and persistence, which is chapter six. One of the fastest ways to stand out among your peers is to develop the ability to find quick and clever solutions to difficulties and issues. To not back down when you see problems. To not be afraid of thorny issues. To even get a little excited when difficulties arise. A great way to stand out among your peers is to pretend your career is being featured in a film called Dr. Problem Solver, or How You Learn to Stop Worrying and Love Issues. I totally watched that movie. To that end, Let's keep moving and talk about how you can develop the skill of resourcefulness. Picture a scenario where you're trying to finish up your work on a Friday afternoon, but can't stop being distracted by your overflowing trash can. Eventually, you give in and decide to empty it yourself. But on your way to the break room, you pass by your boss's office and decide to pop in and ask her about her weekend plans. Then you have what you think is a fantastic idea. You start to dump the garbage on your boss's desk, saying, here, Will you take care of this for me so I can get back to work? You thank her and return to your desk thinking, our boss is great. You would never do that, right? You would never take your trash can and dump it on your boss's desk. So why do we share that ridiculous scenario? Well, because we're pretty sure you do something similar to your team leader and you don't even know it. If you've ever gone to your team leader and pointed out a problem without offering a solution, then, metaphorically speaking, you dump trash on their desk. Here are a few examples. The client hasn't gotten back to us, so I can't finish auditing this section. Our reporting system doesn't work very well. It's clunky and slow. I wish we had a better one. You asked me to finish this project, but Sarah just went home sick. So what should I do? That meeting was boring. Our referral system doesn't work very well. All of those are good examples. We don't know your team leader, but it's safe to assume they probably don't want you dumping trash on their desk, real or metaphorical. Problems are hard. They require effort, brain power, and fortitude. Most of the time, when you encounter a problem, the first thought that crosses your mind is, how can I get out of this? Don't beat yourself up. Part of this reaction is biological, and part of it is learned. From a biological standpoint, this is the way your brain is wired. In a 2018 study from the University of British Columbia, it was determined that our brains are hardwired to find laziness attractive. Matthew Boisgontier, who authored the study, has this to say. 
Conserving energy has been essential for human survival as it's allowed us to be more efficient in searching for food and shelter, competing for sexual partners, and avoiding predators. We are huge fans of conserving energy. Seriously, you should see me on vacation. I promise you would say, how can he just sit there doing nothing for such a long period of time? If the Olympics had a do-nothing competition, I would be a strong contender for a medal. Back to the subject. Solving problems is the exact opposite of conserving energy. From a learned behavior standpoint, you have grown accustomed to outsourcing your problems. The global economy exists because people have problems in their lives they cannot solve on their own or just don't want to solve on their own. Every organization solves a problem. The medical industry solves the problem of people being sick. The food industry solves the problem of people needing food to survive. The entertainment industry solves the problem of people being bored and wanting to relax. The construction industry solves the problem of the fact that people don't want to camp every day and use an outhouse or work outside. The automobile industry solves the problem that people need to travel and really don't want to ride horses anymore. As a member of the global economy, you have learned to pay people to solve your problems. Problem avoidance is what being a consumer is all about. As Donald Miller says, people buy solutions to internal problems. That is what all good capitalists do. However, problem avoidance is not what makes a good teammate, and it won't give your career an edge. At work, when you point out a problem without offering a solution, you are saying, I've got something on my to-do list that I can't figure out, so here, you figure it out for me. If you're a person who takes items from your to-do list and puts them on your team leader's to-do list, sooner or later, you will find yourself without a to-do list to manage. You smell what we're cooking there? Said another way, one of the easiest ways to get fired is to get in the habit of putting items on your team leader's to-do list. Thankfully, the opposite is also true. If you prove to be a person who removes items from your team leader's to-do list, that's an easy way to get promoted. That type of behavior is one of the quickest ways to stand out. Your organization exists because problems exist. And leaders in your organization exist because problems exist. Leaders are the real problem experts in both the global economy and your organization. Every single day, leaders deal with problems. But, and this is crucial, leaders are not experts at seeing problems. They are experts at solving problems. Seeing problems does not make you a leader. It makes you a Karen. Problems are easy to spot. Just ask any impatient, box wine drinking, minivan driving soccer mom, aka Karen. They love talking to managers about the problems they see. Solving problems makes you a leader. Many leaders spend most of their day solving problems and removing obstacles from their teams as they try to accomplish their mission. Problems show up every day. I cannot emphasize that enough. Every day. It's one of the great joys of being a leader, but also one of the great annoyances. Every day when a leader wakes up, they have no clue what trash will end up on their desk. Sometimes the problems are related to technology. Sometimes the problems are related to personnel. Sometimes they're related to the economy. Sometimes they're related to competition. Often, they're related to fickle and needy customers. No matter what industry you are in, where you went to college, or how much you get paid, problems show up every day. And it's the leader's job to ensure these problems get solved. You need a new worldview for your work. 
You need to not just see the problems, but also see practical ways to find solutions. You need to be Dr. Problem Solver. You might be thinking, one qualifier, what if I don't have a proposed solution? Should I still point it out? Sometimes, yes. For example, when you realize the executive team is cheating or learn there's been a breach in your customer data or there's a price-fixing scheme or you've seen racism or, or sexism or ageism, when these situations rise up, you need to have the courage to blow a whistle and point out a problem. In these situations, the most important thing to do is to point out the problem. There's a story about Toyota of North America. They give every single person on their manufacturing line a kill switch. The kill switch gives anyone on that line the power to shut down the line. The only instruction given is this. If you see a problem, stop production so we can solve it. Why do they give everyone in the factory this power? Easy. They don't want to hide mistakes or problems. They want to bring attention to them because it's an opportunity to improve a process. It's part of Toyota's culture to celebrate problem spotters. In the situation mentioned above, your organization needs a problem spotter. Not pointing out those kinds of problems because you don't have a proposed solution is not helpful. So, there are times when courageously pointing out a problem is being a leader. Don't shy away from those situations when they arise. However, for most people, those situations will be super rare. Now that we've got that qualifier out of the way, we want to throw out three ideas to help you develop the reputation of being a problem solver. Idea number one, view every problem as an opportunity to practice real leadership. What bothers me most about problems is how they slow me down. I like progress. I want to move forward. Problems are like being stuck in a traffic jam, stalling on the tarmac before taking off, or waiting in line at Disney World. Slow is a vulgar cuss word to most people. You don't like slowing down, we don't like slowing down, and your team leader doesn't like slowing down. We say this to empathize with the temptation you face when a problem arises. You've got tasks on your list to power through, and you don't want to slow down. A problem is inconvenient. No one wakes up in the morning saying, wow, I can't wait to be slowed down by a dumpster fire of a problem today. If you want a successful career, you need to embrace the problems you face. Don't take the easy way out and dump your problems on your team leader's desks. Take a moment and recognize the opportunity handed to you. Every problem you face at work is an opportunity to act like a real leader. Remember what we said earlier, leaders spend most of their day solving problems and thinking about the future. The metaphor is overused, but we're going to use it anyway. Every time you face a problem at work, it's like you just stepped into the gym. Think of problem solving like doing burpees. They hurt, but they help. Trying to solve a problem is one of the most significant ways to train as a leader. We know it hurts to slow down, but it's worth it. One of the best teammates Adam ever had was a woman by the name of Ann Piper. Ann was the director of communications for a large nonprofit organization. She was responsible for orchestrating all external communications for our organization. Every day, she walked into our offices and had no clue what problems she might face, and there were usually many. She handled every problem with grace, wisdom, and only a slightest bit of cursing. What Adam appreciated most about Anne was her initiative to propose solutions. Anne and Adam would meet one-on-one -on -one a few times a month to discuss her work, her to-do list, and her team. They were some of the most productive one-on-one -on -one meetings Adam ever had in his career. 
Anne always had an agenda and was very respectful of Adam's time. When there was an idea that she wanted Adam's feedback on, she would present the issue and then present two or three proposed solutions. Were all of her proposed solutions perfect? No, but that wasn't the expectation. What was appreciated most was her willingness to do the hard work of proposing solutions and giving options. She never dumped trash on anyone's desk. She never wanted to put anything on Adam's to-do list. She was a dream teammate. So, the next time you face a problem, resist the urge to call your boss. Instead, take a deep breath and embrace the opportunity to practice leadership. If you do, then my second idea will help you brainstorm possible solutions. Idea number two, ask yourself an outside looking in question. Remember your high school math class? Chances are you spent as much time daydreaming as you did learning math. After dinner, you'd sit down to do your homework. But of course, because you had been daydreaming while the teacher explained the assignment, you didn't understand the homework. What could you do? A, you could go back to the beginning of the chapter and reread the lesson again. B, you could go back to your notes and remind yourself of key concepts. C, you could call a friend and ask for some tutoring. Or D, none of the above. We all know it was D. You went to the back of the book and you copied the answers. That's the reason you passed math all four years in high school. Not because you exhibited a mastery of the subject. It's because the answers to your problems were always in the back of the book. You know where we're going next, but we're going to say it anyway. In real life, there are no answers in the back of the book. Go ahead, roll your eyes. We can't see you anyway. Most real life problems are challenging to solve. They are tricky, thorny, and complex. The answers aren't clear. This is why problems slow you down and why you think about passing them off to your boss. One simple way to begin thinking about solutions is to ask yourself an outside looking in question. This is a question designed to help you gain perspective and trick your brain into coming up with possible solutions. Here are some examples. Example one, how would my team leader solve this problem? Example two, how would a great leader solve this problem? Example three, if I was Robert Neville, the lead character in I Am Legend, how would I solve this problem? The outside looking in question taps into the innate ability everyone has to solve someone else's problem faster and better than they can solve their own problems. You know what we mean. Think about your sister's life. You know exactly what her problem is and how to fix it, right? It's easy. Her real problem is she doesn't listen to you. If she could just listen to you, then she wouldn't be mooching off your parents and driving that ridiculous car. And anyway, you you get what we mean. Outside looking in questions are a great tool to help you embrace and solve problems rather than passing them off to somebody else. One additional comment here. Before we move to the third idea, keep in mind that early on in problem-solving processes, your number one goal is to get a list of possible solutions. You are not looking for the silver bullet. You are looking for possibilities. When you present possible solutions to your team leader, the ball is now in their court to decide if they want to try one of your solutions or implement one of their own. This is about the process. The process of communicating both a problem And a proposed solution is the win. The win is not being right. The win is being thoughtful. So, let's say you've encountered a problem. You've resisted the urge to pass the buck and decided instead to embrace the opportunity to practice some leadership. You've asked yourself a few outside looking in questions and you now have a list of possible solutions. You engage in a conversation with your boss. 
and you present the problem and offer two possible solutions. Your boss thanks you for your ideas, but rejects your proposed solution and asks you to solve the problem another way. What do you do in that situation? We got you. Let's discuss the third idea. The third idea is this, trust the process. Just because you went through the hard work of proposing a solution doesn't mean your boss will select it. When this happens, not if, but when, don't worry. Follow the lead of the former Philadelphia 76ers general manager, Sam Hinkie. Back in 2013, the Philadelphia 76ers were rebuilding their basketball team. During this rebuilding phase, Hinkie would often talk about the process. As a leader, he let the team and the fans know with absolute clarity that the next few years were going to be a wild ride. They would see progress and they would see setbacks. They would have moments of overperforming and moments of underperforming. What Hinky was basically telling the fan base was not to fixate on the record or the standings, but to look at the bigger picture and ask if this team is getting better. Are they moving toward a championship contender? Are they moving in the right direction? Early in your career, you are like the 2013 Philadelphia 76ers. You are growing, learning, and preparing. Your parents may believe you're ready to be the CEO, even though you've only been out of school for two years. And before your current job, you worked as a lifeguard at summer camp. We want to be your friend and tell you the truth. Your parents might have been stretching the truth just a bit. You are not ready to be the CEO of your company. No one goes from president of Sigma Chi to CEO in two years. We know what you're thinking. What about Mark Zuckerberg? He was ready. Probably not. How can we say that? Because no 20-something has ever been ready to lead a multi-million dollar publicly traded company. Don't confuse market success with leadership readiness. What we're saying here is this. When you face a problem trust the process, and remain fully committed to finding creative solutions to the challenges your team faces each day. Then, if your proposed solution is not chosen, do these three things. Number one, give yourself credit for not dumping trash on your team leader's desk. That's a big deal and a step in the right direction. Number two, study your organization and your team leader's solution. Observe what went right and what went wrong as the solution was implemented. If you have time, ask your boss how they came to their conclusion and why. You can learn so much from your team leader by learning how they think about problems. And number three, own your team leader solution like it was your own. This is a great way to show you are all in. Remember, just because your team leader didn't choose your solution doesn't mean you aren't smart or a good leader. It just means you're in process. You're still learning about the company's culture and how your boss thinks about problem solving. That's part of your journey as a leader. Your ideas not being chosen don't have to be a hit to your core identity. Own it like it was your idea and implement the proposed solution with positivity and energy. Keep in mind that leadership can be very lonely and being punched in the face day after day, solving problem after problem can be very exhausting. Having someone who is not afraid to jump in and get their hands dirty is a huge help to a leader. So a quick and simple way to attract your team leader's attention is to be a problem solver, period. The more you exhibit the ability to think through how to solve problems critically, the quicker you gain an edge.
The more you view problems as an opportunity to train, the better prepared you will be when more opportunity comes your way. The faster you learn to own solutions that are not yours and how to compromise without being bitter, the farther down the road you are on your leadership journey. So don't dump the trash on your leader's desk. Take care of your own trash or wait for the cleaning crew. They get paid to do that kind of stuff. Well, there it is. Chapter five from The Edge, how to stand out by showing your all in, read by David Morrison. Again, that was a free gift. If you like that, you want to hear more, head on over to Amazon. You can buy a copy out there. But other than that, we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Here's What I'm Seeing. We'll talk to you again next time.